0: I've got my recording running. Um, I now have my recording running, and it is recording. In the SSX uh,
1: series, SSX Tricky was... It's either number two or number three. SSX Tricky was number two, I guess, because SSX came first. Yeah, it was sort of an update and not a sequel, and then they jumped straight to SSX 3. Which is good, because I never remembered playing SSX uh, 2, because there wasn't one. Um, I played SSX 3, SSX on tour, and actually that's the last, looks like that's the last SSX game I played. I missed those games.
0: The newest SSX was pretty good. Oh yeah, you're right, because SSX, oh god, what were the, like, where's the list?
1: Uh I went to Wikipedia and pulled up the SSX series. Um SSX, Tricky Three on Tour, Blur, blur and then, then SSX, SSX again. That was back in 2012. I the know. One? It seems like a long time ago. I mean it is. It's six years ago. I could have swore this was on the PS4.
0: Uh Wow. Nope. No, it wasn't. Nope. Hmm. Huh. And yeah, just in case we um just in case you guys are kind of curious depending on how Neil uh, edits this copy. Scott asked me how my vinyl record show that I went to today was, and I told him I picked up an original copy of Tricky by um, Run DMC on vinyl. And that's why we started today's show of Fancy Ramen Podcast, episode eighty-seven, something. 87. 87. Today is October the 7th, 2018. I am your primary host,
1: Cookie. And I'm your secondary host, Scott. And we also like to call him the Alpha. Yeah. Wait, I'm the alpha, but I'm the secondary? Yep. I am the I'm alpha. I'm the beta, but primary. <laughs> and omega. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever that passage is. It's one of the only Bible passages I ever knew, but that's because it came from Fallout 3. So, oops. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely only thinking about, there's a song called Alpha
0: Omega by the Executioners. Mm. So it's DJs going, Alpha Omega, Alpha Omega. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. But wow, SSX
1: man brings you back. I miss I miss a good non-traditional racing game that was not Mario Kart. Like I enjoy Mario Kart. I should make sure I uh, have that disclaimer added. But you know, we had SSX. There was even Jack Racing from Jack and Daxter. The Jack and Daxter franchise had a racing game that was not it was not great, but it was not bad. I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: I definitely did not play that I think besides the uh, Mario Karts we were just on that Diddy Kong shit.
1: I think yeah, Jack X Combat Racing. I'm pretty sure it came after Jack 3 and they just kept the driving mechanics of Jack 3 which were actually were fairly good mechanics for the game. Um yeah, another another good and weird game. You know?
0: I'm kind of looking at EA Big's um, lineup of games, rest
1: in peace EA Big, I think
0: there are Yo, there are literally three games on this list that I did not play. EA
1: Big is actually the uh, the only branch of EA that I ever cared for. And, I mean, EA Big had not only the most killer soundtracks that games had at that point in time that weren't, like, original compositions. DJ Atomico. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they also made what were essentially the best sports games uh, I've ever played. NBA Street, SSX. um, I guess they brought in NFL Street. Street. They have FIFA Street?
0: Yeah, FIFA Street was our shit. Um, NFL Street I didn't know about. So, so yeah, NFL Street I didn't know about. Uh, Apparently they had a game called Shocks, which was a rally racing game. Huh. and Sledstorm, which was a oh
1: i played Sledstorm, yeah that was um snowmobiles yeah. it was ssx on snowmobiles like they essentially made a bunch of like 3v3 sports games and a bunch of like racing games oh and they also made def jam vendetta the wrestling game eggs yeah oh shit
0: there was a there was a thing recently about the new def jam that's
1: coming out pretty soon hopefully oh, i didn't know there was another one coming out
0: yeah they had a tweet saying where should the next def jam be cuz the last one that came out was a uh, def jam fight for new york so then they were talking about like london paris atlanta
1: okay here's a little fun fact for you that i think you might enjoy the uh intro voice that did the ea big it's in the game was none other than uh razel from the roots really yeah
0: razel man wow i haven't thought about razel from the roots in forever either
1: the roots are still making music oh Good shit times. all right that was a that was a fun blast of the past to get things started <laughs> uh besides your vinyl show what else have you been up to cookie um, so the wife has been on this big
0: kick of decluttering. And I, yeah, I, I got to witness some of that firsthand. And she is now signed me up for that decluttering thing. And half of my closet is gone. And I am down to like four undershirts. So I need to buy some more. And a couple of pair of socks. That sock box that wear, I saw?
1: yeah. It seems like it will come in handy now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Do you wear an undershirt every day when you go to work? Because I assume you're doing at least collared shirt at work, if not collared shirt and tie. Yeah, I do wear
0: an undershirt every day at work. So I kind of just took this opportunity to get rid of anything with the crazy pit stains.
1: You know the other way to avoid. Well, actually, that doesn't really help then. If you're generating a lot of pit stains, is I was gonna say the like a shirt more commonly referred to as the wife beater, great undershirt. But if you have sweaty pits, it's just gonna go through your next layer of shirt (laughs) then. (laughs) Pretty much, I switched deodorants
0: recently, so the newest like stack of white white t-shirts that I have, they're doing they're doing much better. Now that I switched deodorant to one of those it's like
1: um antiperspirant uh Speed Stick black and white. Oh, I haven't used it. I've it's been, nice. Not to I mean, we don't really need to shout out products that much, but damn, I've been on Old Spice uh like Sport for as long as I can remember, which it's sometimes hard to find. Uh every once in a while when I go somewhere, it's sold out or they don't carry it, but I've been rocking the same antiperspirant for probably ten years at this point. Old,
0: old Spice Sport was my old one that I just recently switched off of. Uh your body may have adapted. Yep. So I was like, okay. I like the smell. I only like usually switch it up every couple of years after after I get tired of one smell. Yeah. But then when I saw that black and white stuff, I was like, huh. Let me try and see this see if this works. Because 'cause I'm a I'm a hefty boy. I made some pit stains sometimes, so Let's get that figured out. Besides that, uh, decluttering. I've decided that I am getting rid of all of my VR stuff, and I'm gonna be picking up the um, new Oculus Quest. What is the Oculus Quest? The Oculus Quest is an all-in-one VR solution, so it's their uh, mid-tier. Is what they're like touting it as. Comes mm-hmm. out spring of 2019. So it's um got inside-out tracking, so basically you set up a room, and then it's a completely wireless setup. It's about two hours of, um, two to three hours of battery set life. Oh, battery life, okay. They said it's going to have its own ecosystem of games, rather than going off the old Oculus store, going off of the um, Vive store, so that's unfortunate, but they're like, if you own some of these Oculus games that are being ported over, more than likely it's up to the developer. They'll probably just give it to you for free if you already own it. Yeah. So that should help out. But yeah, so that's kind of looking like... Because I was thinking the other day, you know, as cool as it is having the HTC Vive and having the um, PlayStation VR. Oh, you don't even need to hook this thing up to the PC, it looks like. Nope. And it streams directly to your TV, to your PC, to your phone, tablet, to see if... So people can actually watch what you see. So Um, that is a very cool feature. Um. Yeah, it's... It's kind of like a lot of people were saying, hey, if you want that super high fidelity VR thing, stick with your Oculus Rift, your HTC Vive. If the fact that it's tetherless, so no cables at all, and it's got the six degrees of freedom. So like the Oculus Go is only you can look up, down, left and right, and you've got one controller that doesn't move as well. Mm -hmm. so they're like if you want to have that freedom of you don't have to have cables you can quite literally go visit your friend's place and just pull out your vr headset and play with them at that point i was like oh yeah no that definitely sounds great and then they're introducing a um arena scale vr so at their actual um at their actual event that they had the oculus go conference or whatever it was called they had a Seventy foot warehouse filled with like boxes and things that they programmed into a, a Western shooter. So all of the Oculus Quests previously known as Santa Cruz were actually talking to each other. So people were in the same room. So it's kind of like the void. How that old that how they had like that warehouse, but they had you wearing the book bags and everything. So it's that, but now a completely wireless solution. And I'm like, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's all contained in that small headset. I mean, as far as VR as far as VR headsets go, it's not particularly bulky either. Like that's a surprising amount of tech packed in there for left hand, right hand controller, headset
0: pretty much and I was um thinking to myself, okay, how much is the Oculus how much is the Oculus Quest going to be? It's 400 bucks, 399. And then I was like, okay, how much would it cost for me to make my Vive wireless? It's um 499 to to have the wireless adapter for the HTC Vive. And I was like, well, I'd still have the issue of I need to turn on my computer, get everything set up, move everything out of the way when I can just quite literally go upstairs into my living room, move the Kotatsu out of the way real fast and then and play right there. Yeah. Or I can be like, "Fuck it. I don't feel like playing in the kitchen today, going into my office, um, going outside and just being able to play VR there. Yeah. The only downside I can see to it, the 399 model that they've announced. I think it's only like 64 gigs or something.
1: Oh so it's not a huge amount of memory for downloaded games. Yeah, so it's
0: like two or three games on it and then you got to worry about downloading another one. I'm yeah. hoping that they like surprise announce a uh, SD memory card slot,
1: a microSD cuz that'd be great cuz those things are 256 gigs now and very low profile, easy easy to slip in to almost any like design for hardware. Pretty much, so,
0: so yeah, besides decluttering and deciding that yes, I'm going to pull the trigger and get rid of the um the old HTC Vive, I'm gonna put that on Craigslist Craigslist if anybody wants to purchase that that listens, you know, hit me up um also, you can hit me up at a uh, podcast at dot com see how I plug that there yeah, <laughs> pretty good, and I think. I think I'm going to break one of my cardinal rules and also start selling some of the
1: music instruments. Was that a part of the decluttering effort? Kind of. It's so
0: since Lizzie's in a decluttering mood, I used to go through like a purge every two or three years where yeah. if I didn't touch something or see it for a, for over a year, then like, I would oh, just get rid of this? it. Yeah. And every time I've tried to do that since me and Lizzie have been married she's kind of convinced me to not get rid of some things. So like, as I was decluttering my closet, she handed me like six pairs of pants that I thought I threw out already. She's like, see if these fit. You've lost weight. And I was like, okay. I was like, they still don't fit. Can we please at least throw them away this time? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's like, now I'm thinking it's been forever since I've done a music purge because I used to Get rid of all my music every three years and just start a brand new collection to keep everything kind of fresh. Because you know you start. Sorry, I got I got I got lost in the Octopath Traveler in the background.
1: I was like, Ooh, I wonder oh, what he's it, about to play. Oh yeah, yeah. I um I was just about ready to start some Octopath after this. I'm moving forward on it. Great game. I don't understand how Neil finished it as fast as he did, being as busy as he was. But oh my God, rest in peace, Neil. Yeah. For those who don't know, Neil uh, has once again succumbed to another like insane seventy-plus hour work week, which I do not condone nor recommend for anybody's uh, like continued health. Correct,
0: and I feel as if my wife has the perfect job where she can't actually accrue overtime pay, but for every hour she works overtime, she gets an hour and a half of paid time off.
1: Nice. That's, a, that's more, a pretty fair exchange, honestly. That's
0: not more bad. More companies should... I would actually work a lot more overtime if they gave me that option.
1: Yeah, me too. Because
0: extra money's okay, but if I can... But you also get taxed heavier too. Because um, you're making extra money. Yeah. But if I can just, you know, work an hour and
1: get an hour and a half off, I will totally... It's the whole front-loading, like, theory there. If you're putting in all this extra work, then you should be relieved from future hours... You know? Exactly. It's essentially than, like reallocating time. Agree.
0: Rather than, you know, putting in all this extra work and getting all this extra money, but you're also working on this extra more. work. Yeah. So you can't spend any of the extra money. So now you're just working for something that you're not benefiting off of.
1: Yeah, I uh I've I've made a variable amount of overtime over the past couple of years I've been working and it's never it's never enough to make me feel like oh, putting in this overtime's really worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they'd have to pay me like four times as much for me to be like, yeah, overtime's worth it. I'll plug in an extra ten hours here, and um, that's
0: why I only work overtime on holidays. Yeah, double oh, time yeah. and a half.
1: Then yeah, that's amazing. So, what you been up to this week, Scott? Uh, so, as you know, I got back in town after we hung out all last weekend while I was in Omaha for a wedding. Uh, since returning, I have not been on a decluttering kick, but instead Sierra and I have been trying to fit all of the new like, dog stuff and amenities into the apartment and uh, just making more room in a space that I thought was already maxed out. We're, we're doing what I'd call optimizing the space <laughs> in which nothing's getting thrown out. But things are being rearranged Tetris-like so they can fit into just the perfect orientation for access and use. Which is nice because it's actually in, inspired me in uh, one of the games I've been playing that I'll talk about later, uh, a revisit to RimWorld. I don't know if I talked... I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast previously, but we'll, we'll get to it in a second. So I've been hanging out with Sierra and Yuri now that I'm back in town. We took Yuri to a dog park yesterday He's a shy little nervous guy. He doesn't really like playing with other dogs as much as he just likes kind of watching. Um so he just kinda of stood there and watched the dogs play for like an hour and a half. Which is weird. Was it a free dog park? Uh no. This place also does like daycare and a bunch of other stuff, and it was indoor, so um So you basically did. you just took Yuri to the movies. Yeah, we took Yuri to the movies. <laughs> He's actually welcome at that place because he can go shit in a corner and it's fine. (laughs) He can't do that at the AMC near here, sadly. But if we had some seedier movie theaters, I don't know, it might be about the same. Um, (laughs) Gross. Yeah. Let's see. Other than that, though, Sierra and I are going to try and fit in a hike later today. It's getting to the point where it's going to start to be too cold soon to really go out hiking too much, so... Trying to squeeze a little bit of that stuff in and otherwise just been busy running errands, getting food back into the pantries and reestablished at home. Trying to figure out health insurance now that I'm an old, old man who uh, doesn't get to leech health insurance off of my old man. God, you're so young. (laughs) I know. Uh, I've been dealing with the headache of that and then also with some... bill paying for my like vehicle registrations and whatnot since i recently bought out my vehicle uh the title is traded hands and i need to now figure out uh how to get a hold of the title because montana won't do any sort of transactions with you on your vehicle unless you have the title present in your hands and so it's a bunch of work to like get a title release if you don't own it um so, did you lease your vehicle? So, I, leased, I leased my vehicle and then I bought it out from a loan I got from my local credit union. And now I'm pretty sure the uh, financial services arm of where I leased my vehicle from has transferred the title, or they haven't yet. And so, I need to figure out where it's at and get it so I can register my vehicle before some police officer recognizes that my plates are expired, so... Good luck with that, and I, hopefully I know. Yeah, it's really it's really frustrating because I can't do any of it online otherwise because it's traded hands. Like none of the saved information is correct. And so, well,
0: I can tell you this: a way to kind of be sketchy about it. Take a piece of double-sided tape, uh-huh. a fallen leaf, and just you know slightly obscure the sticker part that says <laughs> your tags aren't <laughs> <laughs>
1: legit. Oh, man. Uh, it is fall, um, and I do have some tape, so it's not a, that's really a very good idea. <laughs> yes. I also don't drive very far in town. Like, my work is pretty close by and whatnot, and so I haven't encountered any issues yet. But just know, if I'm behind bars, that's what happened. <laughs> um, good advice from your black friend. <laughs> I know. You take take so many risks for you know committing the crime of driving while black I would never I oh god no I would also never do
0: that I heard that from another white guy so I was like okay yeah oh, that's, okay. Yeah. that's cool no I'm never driving dirty <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> I don't think I have anything else of that much interest I besides video game talk just been busy just making dig up keeping it. up with uh, the rest of the world So I have a question for you I have plenty of answers
0: How many people have to be inside of a video game studio for that video game studio to still be considered tentatively open are we
1: talking about telltale out of curiosity um i don't know because i mean you can have video game studios or publishers that are like one guy or two two people you know like it can be as small as you want it to be However, I would say if you've sheared off more than like 90 to 95% of your workforce uh, within an incredibly short period of time, chances are you can't say that that studio operational at any capacity that you would have previously expected. Like, you remember, you're, you're getting you remember into the semantics. 25 people that
0: they said were left?
1: Yeah. Did you hear the latest no. news? And then there yeah. were
0: five? Pretty much. Oh. Uh, one of the um, teams a team was also just let go last week as well.
1: But I also saw on Twitter that uh they came to like TellTales come to an agreement for finishing the Walking Dead or whatever. Oh, that's good. I mean, is it? I don't know. They fired everybody that works for them and they're probably going to try and get some contractors to come in and clean it up. I don't think I would take that job. I wouldn't take the job
0: personally, but I think the only way I would take that job is if I was one of the people who were previously fired from Telltale. Who needed like at least a little stopgap income. Man, but even then
1: I even, would really phone I'd be it even in. less likely to want that job if I worked for them first. It'd be like, Hey, we need someone to do this work. It's like, Fuck you, I could have done it on the regular <laughs> payroll, but you cut me off. I don't know. It's such bullshit. I uh I can't say that... I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight, right? I have no stake in the game because I've never played uh, this particular Telltale series or really almost any other Telltale games. I don't care that much about those games, but certainly I'm not interested or inclined to spend any money towards them at this point. And I, oh, God, no. Yeah, and I, I just think like, even if I own these games, I don't know how uh i don't know i guess if i own these games i'd be disappointed if i bought a game that was episodic and found out like oh actually we're just gonna stop in the middle of this season or this run of episodes but
0: welcome to welcome to
1: kickstarter and yeah, you know
0: cable tv on one whatever your favorite show is it's
1: like i exactly it happens to people already and i think another great comparison that i can commiserate with is like the long dark the long dark i found out was going to be episodic i'm like okay whatever like at least i get the first and i I think you get the second episode for free i wasn't sure uh with purchase of the game before it uh officially launched and uh turns out that first episode was utter trash and uh i don't care if i ever get the second episode because if i do (laughs) i still won't play it and if the studio fails and the third fourth and fifth episodes go in the bucket it's like as long as i've got my sandbox mode i don't really care which that game has an advantage of having a sandbox mode that i think is like sufficient to make up be considered just the full game yeah to be considered a full game Uh, it's a little pricey maybe for a sandbox mode but it's not that bad um, I got I got my money's worth out of that sandbox mode, and I didn't play nearly as long as you. Oh yeah, no, I put in tons of time, and I've thought about doing more. Like when the winter comes, and I don't want to be outside at all out here, besides weekends when I'm actually snowboarding or doing some sort of mountain sport, I'll probably be inside, freezing to death on the digital like <laughs> landscape of uh, the Canadian wilderness. So I guess it's not a great comparison in the sense that there is still another game product outside of the story. But let's say The Long Dark didn't have the sandbox. After playing that first game, after playing that first story, I guess, or episode, I probably would have been like, you know, it's okay that this isn't continuing. Like, Even if I thought it was mediocre, I think I still would have, and let me be clear, I hated the shit out of it and thought it was horrible. (laughs) But even if I had like lukewarm, positive feelings about it, I don't think I'd be all that crushed if another episode didn't come out. I think if it were something like Life is Strange and I were on the third episode and things were really ramping up and I was enjoying the game and it cut, I'd be very upset or frustrated. But I don't know. Unless you're really invested in The Long Dark's first episode for this season, or not The Long Dark, I'm sorry, The Walking Dead, just let it go. Just let it go and get interested in something else. And it sucks that you're not going to get a payout on your money because that's going to seem unfair it was also un- much more unfair and much more like dramatic of a punishment for these people to lose their jobs and livelihoods because a studio couldn't figure out how to like keep itself afloat or at least give them the like necessary amount of heads up so they could take care of themselves and their families. Pretty much. My, Sad panda. Yeah. My mood this past week has been, burn it all to the ground. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in a. I'm not in a great position to, to uh, like, give any leeway to big companies or developers or literally any any large industry or bureaucracy. Burn it all, burn it all to the ground. Hopefully next week I'm it. I'm in a I'm in a much better mood about it. I doubt it. Um, <laughs>
0: just just gonna be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, anything else news ish related happening recently? I don't think there's much news that I've noticed in the gaming world that I care about. Um, yeah. Um, oh, wait. I do have one more thing that's very exciting for me. So besides the Oculus thing that I found out about a couple of last week and was like, oh, sweet. Um, exciting news for us average gamers who aren't playing the uh, single player games. Call of Duty's out at the end of this week, guys. Oh, We yeah. did it. We finally got Call of Duty a, a month early. That's wild. I know. Usually it's like one more month to wait because I was thinking to myself last Wednesday, I was like, man, I really want to play some Call of Duty World War II, I guess, because I can't play Call of Duty Black Ops 4. And then I looked up my thing and I was like, "Yeah, I've only got eight days to download,
1: yes. It's not even November yet. I know, it's not the usual like right before Black Friday release where I'm sure most, I'd be really interested to see the sales stats of how many people buy Call of Duty and that like, Black Friday to Cyber Monday shopping spree, and if they move the majority of their product in that one window. Because it seems like the perfect timing for a game that you kind of buy like once a year.
0: No, yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's such a weird thing though to be like, our game has to hit it so big during this period of time because people are going to be let, like, people just aren't going to be interested in it in another six months because they can just wait another six to play the new version of it. Like, Hmm. huh yeah i'd love to see some market research on that i might have to Let's poke around call, for it when it call happens call activision yeah call activision hey give me your numbers guy who are you oh it's scott from fancy ramen fancy ramen podcast yeah can't you oh. tell from the transatlantic <laughs> accent that i just tried to pull off i'm a businessman too <laughs> i wheel and deal you see <laughs> um well, congratulations. I didn't realize that Mario Party had just released. I totally forgot that that was in the works. Um,
0: so yeah, so that's that's actually all my playlist for this week. Nice. Pulled the trigger, bought a copy. Haven't haven't bought the second copy yet. Um, but so far, me and Liz have been enjoying it. We've played 3 out of the 4 main board maps mm-hmm. and a bunch of the mini games so far none of them have the jacking off motion yet 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 because there are 90 plus games one of them's it's gonna happen I yeah uh finally got to play the one where you're the mario character on the big wheel so they're like racing on tiny wheels and the motion that you use for the joy-con controller is kind of like each so the joy-con controller itself is the middle axle and then your two hands are where your pedals would be, uh-huh. so you're doing like a pedaling <laughs> motion, but with your hands. Yeah, and it's fitting that it only uses the tiny, tiny Joy-Con to because that's pedal the tiny, pretty much tiny, wheels. If you were, if you were on a little small child's big wheel, but like in a weird orientation to where you were using your hands to pedal. Yeah. that is the motion you would be doing in that exact like tiny tiny configuration and it's beautiful and the, the motion um, controls
1: are so clean for the switch they
0: are and it just it feels nice you get extra coin this one's not punishing at all uh you get so like if there's any kind of like team game that happens they give you a chance t- opportunity to do like a a group high five and if everyone like does the boy OG motion like the huzzah Crossing your body with your with your arm in a fist pump upwards type motion. It's like they all do a little they everyone gets the characters get ready and they do a little high five and it's two plus it's plus two extra coins.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So not
0: only not only do you win so you get ten coins. You do team but you also building. get two extra coins. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um bring it to the next a lot of office
1: party. That's that's kind of one of the plans, possibly, actually. Cookie, your, your implementation of Mario Party in the uh, cubicle space here has brought up po- productivity by 7%. Well, thank you, sir. Well, thank you. Yeah. You'll get an equivalent raise in uh, next month's paycheck. Boy, oh, gee, golly. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks guy. <laughs> I'm a businessman.
0: Um, but yeah, no, it's really nice. I kind of like and don't like the fact that whenever you, you can't, you literally cannot play this game in um, handheld mode.
1: Because you need to use the Joy Cons. Yes, yeah. it is
0: only one Joy Con per player.
1: Yeah. Uh, when you're and actually so you setting everything, hold handheld mode with you and your friend on either side, looking at the screen sideways. If you even much. tried. And then it,
0: <laughs> and then it's like um, when you're actually setting the game up for the first time, or whenever you boot it up, it'll say how many players you're playing with, mm. how many Switches do you have. So it says, okay, are you playing two Switch mode? Or are you playing one Switch mode? so do you have one two three or four players and it's like oh yeah this is this is nice we have not tried to play it with four people with a on the tiny tiny switch screen yet we have played it with three people on the projector though because that's a bigger screen
1: yeah the switch screen's really tiny for like four people to try and manage what's going on all at once unless you're just crowded around it and let me tell you what, the kotatsu is just the perfect size for three people. Hmm. That's true. Lizzie is currently asleep under it right now. That thing was great. If I had if I had the space to build my own, I absolutely would. You can make you can make a smaller one, man. They're not all four by four. I know, but if I made one that was literally just a circular table, it would have to seat one and it would have to fit like literally behind my desk. Like the your heater the heating element that you have in yours for instance would have to be close to the maximum diameter or like circumference that that i would have available of free space in this apartment oh good lord yeah so i could heat my toes if i like (laughs) kept my feet underneath it which you can also just do by wearing socks and slippers so i'll pass for now bless you Uh uh-oh Somebody, somebody's immortalized on the audio track for the first time.
0: Tell her I said bless you.
1: <laughs> Cookie says bless you. She, she whispered thanks. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, that's, uh, that's the sneezing voice of my sweet, sweet girlfriend, Sierra, who is now very embarrassed that uh, that's how she got on mic. It's the, it's the way it happens sometimes. Um... There are worse bodily sounds that could end up recorded on mic. so i think a sneeze is pretty pretty good gross (laughs) (laughs) i know that when i was in town you picked up a little bit of it's absolver uh which had a update so it's now called absolver downfall or whatever or it's in the downfall sequence or who cares anymore because i don't understand this game it is all of the like opaqueness And, like, obscurity that I love about Dark Souls, but in a way where the game design does not lend to learning things intuitively. You totally learn things intuitively. You just have to have a combat-focused mindset. And here's the thing. I'm actually not even complaining about the combat because I actually feel like I perform the combat in the game relatively well. Now that I've played PvP against people who are, like, 10 levels higher than me and dunked on them... I feel like I understand the combat. The things that I don't enjoy um, are the fact that the multiplayer is relatively empty on the PC mode, which I'm playing, and um, that they're like navigation level design are very poor. Oh, I God, still yeah. don't under- yeah. I still don't understand where I am or where my objectives are at on the map at any given point in time. In Dark Souls, there are at least characters to like suggest directions to move in and the level design really lends to like finding one or two linear pathage what is like even in the most uh like confusing or labyrinthine areas in dark souls they feed back into themselves where they have like major channels that they're moving towards and there are offshoots that essentially like branch from these ma- major pathways uh that loop back out onto themselves or create shortcuts to other like main channels but in all three Dark Souls, there's essentially an evident path as you like explore around, and you're never too far away from the immediate path unless you're in an area that's specifically designed to be a maze. And yet, this game, every single area feels like an incredibly long and pointless hallway, or super like maze-like uh, structures of a crumbled or fallen city that have no particular direction. Or uh, points of interest besides what's on the horizon, um, and it makes navigating and completing yeah objectives like really really difficult.
0: Well, I've got a tip for you: if yeah. you're
1: in a long and pointless hallway, you are moving between areas. Exactly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's it's the uh, alternative to a loading screen. The thing that I find a little annoying about it is that the game already feels so empty those like open spaces feel particularly boring and wasteful on the like map design. I'd almost rather just take a loading screen if I could also teleport around too. Because there's a lot of traveling that you do to get from, I don't know what you call them, altar to altar, bonfire to bonfire, uh, essentially. And um, there's not really a good indicator of what direction you need to be going in to get to any of these boss fights, as we'd say. They're called marked ones in the game. And I fought two of them today and beat them. And I couldn't tell when um, I defeated one whether I had defeated them already because I think I fought one I had already beaten earlier because there wasn't a payout of like any special ability or anything, just a heavy XP load. And then another one that um, I'll get to in a moment, I cheesed using fall damage after losing to a bunch. But then another one that it's like, I I found him by sheer accident. And there seemed to be like direct paths to these two that I found right from their altar positions or shrines, uh, where they weren't very hard to get to and initiate the fight right after you respawn, which is something that Dark Souls kind of has, where you either run through a short gauntlet or you have a bonfire that's like right next to where you have a big boss fight, where you're theoretically going to fight this boss over and over and over again until you figure them out and beat them. I can dig it. So you haven't fought any of the actual uh, bosses in the three areas? I think I've beaten all of the bosses in one area because all the lights are gone in it. But then I can't even tell what area I'm in at <laughs> certain times, which is the issue. Is like The map is so obtuse. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: They could definitely... Use more.
1: um... If they added a single key to it, it would make so much more sense. But the other thing is, too, is like I quit, I finished the game this morning. I quit it because it got to a certain point where every enemy I was encountering, I was crushing. Like I was just destroying in one on one combat. And only when I was being ganged up three to one did I have like a lot of challenges or two to one and someone has like a weapon or a really, really heavy amount of armor. Um, but it just wasn't funny anymore cuz I was exploring around, destroying people, lost his he- like lost his shit in this environment and unable to make any sort of like noticeable progress.
0: I feel you. Um so there are actual like bosses bosses where you'll see like these fractured areas. So there's like an arena where a guy tries to mind control you says you're stronger than the other ones so he starts to fight you and he like throws a bunch of people to gang up on you. I thought there- that one. Yep. There's a second one where they are the twins inside of like a little villa hut thing where you're fighting. It's a 2v1. And I haven't found the one inside the graveyard area. So there's like one area that's
1: the I city. I didn't even know there was a graveyard.
0: Yeah, there's a the city ruin area that's there's like harbor. brown.
1: There's a harbor area. I know that. And then there's like a tower area that has the stone slab with all the lights of people you haven't beaten yet. I think. Yep. And then there's the, um, so
0: then there's like this graveyard ish area and a like town that's got like red wood all over the place. Yeah. I fought a lot of these bosses. I've only taken out the twins and the other first one that I mentioned.
1: Yeah. The mind control guy. I think he's the first one I bumped into. And the only one of these three like major bosses you've noted that I'm aware of. So yeah, I bumped into the Twins first. Found them,
0: and then couldn't find them again for like days. This was during my first playthrough of Absolver. But I really only like this game, and it really super shines.
1: In multiplayer?
0: Yeah, when you're actually doing the um, one-on-one fights against people queued up.
1: That is fun. That's actually the most fun I've had. But I had to quit because I felt really bad after my first fight. Um, So I've challenged a lot of people in the like player versus engine area and not in the arenas but once i learned how to join a school and queue up for a duel um, i fought a guy who was about 10 levels higher than me and in the first round just beat the snot out of me in the second round i kind of figured out what he was doing i dodged his like main heavy damaging attacks because i'm playing the dodge class or school um, and then in the third one i i cheesed him and knocked him off of the staircase area to his death like after getting the first couple hits in just to put him into position and it's best to three from what i understand in these fights mm-hmm. and i so demoralized him that he forfeit the rest of it and so <laughs> and so i felt terrible and i i, I left from the pvp But I learned a very important experience, and that is you should never feel shame for cheesing anybody with the uh, knocking them off of a ledge for fall damage because I ended up facing a boss later or a marked one who had an attack that essentially slowed you down, which is terrible for my type of combat style because I move very quickly. So I also positioned them near a ledge, pushed them off, and finished the fight in about eight or nine seconds after initiating the fight, probably... I'd say close to uh, 10 times I decided that there is uh, no honor amongst thieves and push this guy to his death with <laughs> like a 95% full health bar. Yes. That
0: is an excellent way to do that. And yeah. yeah, never feel, never feel bad about crushing someone so hard that they forfeit the rest of the match. Cause <laughs> obviously their fortitude
1: is just not as high as your cheesing ability. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the combat schools with the ability to actually access decks where you hadn't unlocked uh, attacks yet. Like You can't customize the deck until you have uh, the moves within it so you can exchange them out. But it was, really, it was really cool to be able to join a school and do that and how easy it was. I don't know how I felt about the, uh, the game was still a little buggy. I was catching on objects and the movement sometimes still feels really clunky when you're in a fight with multiple people you feel like you just get completely trapped and then it's one of those games where it's like you can get into a position where you're essentially stun locked from action just over and over and over again and there's no good recourse because at least with my class, like I have to dodge. If I dodge incorrectly on the timing, I get stunlocked for the other half of my health bar, which is really tough. It's very unforgiving in that sense when people are ganging up on you. But the other thing is too, and I don't know if the other like schools are like this but um when i execute a dodge sometimes because i hit the joystick uh twice before the animation's able to follow through um just when i bump it or whatever i'll sometimes dodge in one direction and then dodge in the opposite or dodge in a direction i don't mean to go in and it's really touchy that way which has me jumping into attacks a lot more than like getting out of the way which is the opposite of what i'm trying to do with my character katy perry p-a-r-r-y but uh i don't know i still feel like it's a game where i could have a lot of fun in pvp but the pve is so frustrating but i don't know if i want to give it the time to like build up to get new move sets from random combat decks and yeah it just fe- the PVE feels so bad versus the PvP, and the thing that I always enjoyed about Dark Souls when I first played those games, since this lend like I think this takes a lot of inspiration from the Dark Souls model, is that the PVE is still really fun, and it doesn't really ever feel like there's stuff where it feels like God, you got me with this trap, or it feels like stuff is sometimes fairly punishing, like incredibly hard. It never like There are very few times where I feel like I really get gypped. And in this one, I feel like I have some unfortunate circumstance with just how clunky my controls feel or just with how the like movement in the game is or the setups for combat encounters that I end up leaving a lot more frustrated than I expect from games like this. I normally don't get very heated at games like this that just let me reset and get right back into it but this was pissing me off this morning so much it happens i
0: i think that i agree with everything pretty much you said about this and it actually kind of makes me want to go back into play for honor rather than absolver
1: yeah i never played for honor but that also has that same kind of idea as being a very like tight and uh like, mechanically clean combat game. Yep, only three directions to go in, though, instead of four.
0: And Samurai's Vikings and... I forgot what the third one was.
1: No, uh, Knights. Knights. It's like Knights, yeah. yeah. The most and boring, I, the, <laughs> the standard European knight. Pretty much. So I kind of...
0: Yeah, I think I'll um cue that game up after this to try that out, because... Yeah, it's been a while since I've played that. I've also in the non-fighting game realm, pulled out Rocksmith.
1: Now, what's uh, Rocksmith? Is that a... Is it GarageBand? But... So, it's um, Guitar Hero, but the okay. Ubisoft
0: version of Guitar Hero. So, instead of using a plastic guitar, because I don't own any of those, you plug in your real guitar. Oh, how do you do that? Uh, it's got a um, USB to eighth-inch jack uh, true-tone cable, quote-unquote true-tone cable. Yeah. And you can also even, um, they've updated it enough to where if you plug your mic in, to so whatever you're using, so say if you buy Rocksmith 2014 edition mm-hmm. for PC, you could quite literally just throw your acoustic guitar and mic it. And then it'll um, it'll read the notes that you're actually playing and kind of, um, it scores you on what you're playing. So, so it's like, um, if you want to learn fucking... I love rock and roll by the Pixies or whoever that's by. What you know, what was
1: the name of the song?
0: I love rock and roll. You know, oh. I love rock and roll. Oh, but another I do
1: In the jukebox, baby.
0: Yeah. So if you wanted to learn yeah. that, it quite literally pulls up like a simple tab to where it'll just start off where you're just playing like one note at a time on depending on which fret, and then eventually, so you'll still like be playing like a low E just to do do doo 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 and then eventually it'll start going to the power chords of da na da na and then it will it slowly evolves and allows you to learn how to play the actual songs on the guitar they've got for most songs a lead part a rhythm part a bass part because they also included um you can learn how to play the bass with it so yeah, so for you, the bass.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, hey. I see this. It's, uh, there's bass, like I, I see on an image for the website, there's a technique challenges screenshot, and it's showing a bunch of bass stuff. So two-finger plucking, slap and pop, hammer-ons, pull-offs, palm mutes, double stops, power chords, tremolos. Like That's pretty neat. It looks like you can actually learn your instrument off yeah, of this so they've got like a,
0: um, they have a thing called the 90 Day Challenge, where yeah. they're like, we will take a complete novice beginner who's never touched a guitar before, you spend the $200 on the um, premium edition, which comes with a Les Paul. Oh. So it comes with a Les Paul, the actual game, and they're like, yeah, spend 200 bucks on this Les Paul, and you're going to be, practice this game for two hours for 90 days, and you will be proficient at this instrument now. I really like it. Back when I worked for Ubisoft for a little bit, um it was one of the launches I did and I partnered up with Guitar Hero, so I had like this big launch party and back in 2014, had a big launch party where I quite where they quite literally brought 12 guitars out, grabbed some friends, Xbox 360s and PlayStation 3s and we raffled off one of, a couple of guitars. We um had a bunch of people playing and one of my friends on my floor he actually won a copy of the game. He did not win a guitar, mm-hmm. but he, like two months later, he was like, Cookie, I found something cool. And I was like, Cool, what was it? So we ended up recording like the first time I ever saw anyone master a song. Uh-huh. So after you get, so after you can play the song 100%, they'll eventually, like as you're getting better and better at the song, they'll start not showing the little fretboard or like the highway anymore. So quite literally, they'll just, so it's like you're just playing the song now, not watching the notes fly by and playing all the things
1: like you would play for like Guitar Hero. Right, yeah, you're not following any more audio cues, or I mean visual, visual cues. Visual cues, yeah.
0: So he showed me whatever song he was playing in mastery mode. We got that recorded, uploaded it to Ubisoft. It was, it was a good time. But yeah, so I decided to pull that out the other day. And I forgot how much I like this, how, how much I like that. Um, what you call it? And I also learned that my um, that one of my guitars, I need to replace some parts on it because it's got <laughs> some um, because it's a pickups, not pickups. The um input jack for
1: the yeah. green one, the green Squire I have. Okay, yeah, it cuts out a lot. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at uh Gibson's website for Les Pauls, and I can't find a single one that's under like. 500 bucks on their lowest to highest pricing which makes this deal sound really sweet
0: yeah so i've been playing a bunch of guitar smith and
1: so yeah i got
0: inspired to play guitar smith because there's this uh japanese chick oh excuse me i almost said i said les paul didn't i it's a uh, yeah it's a epiphone les paul epiphone a, Les Paul. not a gis okay. not a gibson les paul okay at least i think it's an epiphone les paul uh, but yeah, there's this Japanese chick who, um, yeah, have uh, a phone Les Paul much more modestly priced, yes, still Les Paul, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, there's this uh Japanese chick on YouTube who plays with her little sister, so like there's like uh through the fire and th- through the fire and the flames, back when she was little, and her little sister did not play a music instrument, uh-huh. so her little sister was like rocking out beside her while she was playing through the fire and the flames on guitar. And I think she was, like, 12 at the time. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of amazing. And then they were like, so throughout the years, her little sister now plays bass with her on Rocksmith. So they're, like, learning and playing all these games, playing all these um songs on guitar slash bass. But, yeah, so Rocksmith out for PS4, Xbox One, and the um, PC. If you don't buy, like, a physical copy that comes with the real tone cable... Uh, you can, uh, they give you two different options. Uh, like I said, you can mic it, or you can have a uh, no input mode, mm-hmm. which means they won't do the um, they won't like auto level you up because, cause unfortunately, they can't keep up with whatever you're doing. So they'll yeah. kind of just show the notes that you should be playing so you can kind of keep up with what's going on. I see. Oh, and it's a 60 day challenge, not a 90 day challenge.
1: Oh, that's even
0: even better, even faster. But yeah, so, so it was kind of like uh, Ubisoft's attempt at bringing the um, music genre back. Uh, they had the Rocksmith 2012 and then the 2014 edition. And the 2014 edition got a free update slash remaster. And it was beautiful. And they're still updating, still coming out with fucking songs. Did not realize they had slapping for the bass techniques. So I think I'm going to become a better bassist than you. Yeah, it won't take very long. (laughs) But yeah, they got a bunch of like mini games you can play. It's a, I actually thoroughly enjoy this. Ooh, they have like a song request section. Nice.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I may look into that um, because I'd be super interested in essentially having a platform that makes like learning tabs even easier.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, it's pretty much my um, pretty
0: much my ultimate guitar whatever that tab thing is called ultimate guitar com. yeah i think that i mean that's the most common one that's the one that i use a lot yeah ultimate so yeah it's pretty much that but you know video games up and everything gamified yeah but yeah so i've been playing a bit of bit of that to kind of find spark my love for music again
1: yeah have you been playing anything besides i'm getting frustrated with absolver <laughs> uh More Octopath Traveler, which uh, I don't really want to do any more about until I finally beat it so Neil and I can really get into the weeds on the game as a whole. But I will say it feels really good when you find a strategy that is just uh, like perfectly suited for the enemies and environment that you're fighting in. I recently found one where I can essentially use the Thief skill to restore SP on enemies who are weak to daggers with the SP steel attack. And then, either by the um, what would it be second round or third round, I can use the SP that I've recovered, um, and then the merchants like donate BP ability to unleash the divine hunter's attack, which pretty much clears the field in front of me of enemies, no matter how healthy they are. And so nice. it's essentially like a uh, wash rinse repeat. Cycle that I've got going for progressing through this cave, which is making it really nice. Because I don't know how Neil has such luck with getting his like job and uh experience point multipliers using Bewildering Grace. Every time I use it, I get like some sort of toxic cloud enveloping my party, a monster (laughs) healing the other team, the ground exploding beneath my feet, and then my whole party getting silenced. So you know, to, to each his own for their strategy on progressing <laughs> through the game. But the Bewildering Grace is not working out great for me. Plus, I don't think there's a luck stat that I can buff. So unfortunately, I had to find a different a different way. Uh, and then Jesus system. yeah, system. in the realm of RimWorld, we're already pushing on an hour here. So I might actually sit back on uh, discussing RimWorld. But I will say as far as news is concerned about the game, it actually does release it has its official release on the 17th this month, which is very exciting. This game's been in development and I think in like alpha for almost five and a half years. It is a fantastically fun game, very interesting and weird. Uh it's essentially trying to manage like micromanage Actually, no, I wouldn't say micromanage. It's a game that allows you to optimize the management of your column, colonists on a uh, like rim world that uh, is inhabited by other people and uh, both alien and regular animals as you try and get off of the world by either building your own like escape ship or uh, creating a great journey across the continent to get to one where three different types of AI storytellers essentially impact the random events that occur in your game. And all three storytellers have very interesting uh, I would say like modifications to their behaviors. There's a classic mode, there's sort of a chillax mode, and then there's one called Randy Random that is truly random, in which I've started games where uh, like Raider has essentially come in with a grenade launcher and killed my colonists within like the first probably couple days of starting a colony so we've got like a hunting rifle and a knife and he's just grenade launching our entire like wooden built encampment at the start uh the game's a total blast and uh it's also pretty mod friendly from my experiences on it so hopefully i'll have more to talk about um as i Get to know this updated version from the last time I played, and especially when I get to see what the uh, official release product is like. So, was this made by the same people who made like the Prison Architect and it those looks type like of games? it looks like Prison Architect, doesn't it? Um, it I'm, does. I'm not actually sure. I I recognized it as well. The developer is Ludian Studios, and so. Um. I don't know what else they make, but I'm going to look it up real quick. They do not make Prison Architect. So they just happen to have very similar character design to Pri- Prison Architect. Um, RimWorld. RimWorld is what they make. Yeah, this is this is one of the most fun games I've played uh, in a very long time in the realm of like strategy or character management, and so uh, I can't recommend it any more highly than uh i am now but i'll probably have more to talk about as as i get more time with the game because it's been updated quite a bit since i've played it last and it's made it a lot more user friendly and easy to pick up but there's still a lot of things i don't know about the game because it's very uh complex and incredibly free form on how you can approach it so i'm just i'm just now like on my playthrough exploring avenues I hadn't previously and checking out the new stuff that uh wasn't there when I played it last more than a year ago. Well, it currently
0: has a ten out of ten on um Steam.
1: Yeah. Of which I, I think is you know, that's actually relatively rare for Steam games even. So my review, overwhelmingly positive, I'd I'd have to say.
0: Yep. Just looking for
1: looking for a not positive review of this game. 10 out of 10 wouldn't play absolver again. (laughs) But on that note, uh, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I'm ready to wrap. All right. Here's your funky ass beat. If you would like to contact Fancy Ramen, give us a hit at podcast at fancy (laughs) ramen.com. If you would like to leave a review, leave a review with Apple iTunes or Stitcher. Word. Well, I'm Cookie. (laughs) And I'm Scott. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. Bye.